Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Okay, now we're recording. Great. Am I? Do I sound okay? I haven't. Yeah, you sound good. Okay. Now cool. you don't because you're touching <laughs> the mic, but because I'm doing shit to it. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's. I, we should start with that. <laughs> that it's should be what I, welcomes. I can't hear it because obviously on my end it's just me patting my microphone, but I'm sure on your end it just sounds like a bright, sunshiny morning. That's for sure. It's. It's not great. Oh, man. Well, good morning. I mean, I know I didn't even go to bed that late. Good morning. Cheers. Cheers to <laughs> coffee and all that. I know. All it's the good too stuff. bad. I was I drank out of my my Finico mug yesterday, so it's in the dishwasher. But that would have been nice if I had saved it for this. Good morning. Good Whoever morning. is listening, if good it's morning. Good afternoon and good evening. <laughs> Good everything. <laughs> this is the Feeney Call. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Grab that coffee or beer or whatever you drink while you listen to this thing. If you do. I don't know. That's not... I don't know. It feels like we haven't... I suppose you're right. We haven't recorded like over like... I don't know. It feels like I haven't like had a cup of coffee while we've recorded and I don't know how long, you know. I know. I think I have I typically have one before we record now. So that way it Same. hits me while we're recording. But actually this is my second cup because uh like I was explaining to Skylar, I stayed up very late with my family last night playing games. So Mega needs two cups of coffee to get through this one. Sure. I usually just pick the big bigger mug that I've got and fill it up to the top and call it one cup. Um, That's fair. when it That's is fair. in fact more than the like eight ounce recommendation you should probably drink or something i don't know i mean that's why it's called a recommendation oh welcome Good. welcome Good to the feeny call welcome welcome time for Good class morning. settle down <laughs> grab your books grab your pencils yeah we're gonna have class pop quiz what season and episode are we doing <laughs> read my mind it is season four episode three the title is i ain't gonna spray lettuce no more i love this one i know our trivia for today is that when mr feeney says about the socks they're 18 dollars and they're socks i'm a teacher not a heart surgeon he actually played a heart surgeon on uh saint elsewhere in 1982 Mm -hmm. and william russ was actually his patient in two episodes in 1986, the episode oh, is "Time I, Heals" part that part. one and part two. Yeah, that's that's kind of because I, I, obviously everyone knows he was in St. Elsewhere, but then I was like, oh, William Russ actually played one of his patients. This is it. Just is such a full circle kind of moment. It's like when you the see levels. all those people on like Law and Order SVU or like Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. or something, and you're just like, oh, everyone who's ever been anyone is on this show, and it all just comes around full circle. There was, I feel like it was like a, someone's like Tony acceptance speech or something a couple of years ago made like a reference to having <gasps> played like two or three different corpses on SVU or. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the specifics, but somebody made a joke about how like, you know, the roller coaster of being a professional like theater actor is that tonight I'm winning a Tony and then like tomorrow I'll be <laughs> the random yes. dead guy on Law & Order again. Yes. <laughs> It's great. Oh, man. Okay, so I love this episode. I'm very excited to talk yes, about it. Yes, I am too. 
Who's on the who's who's recapping? It's been two oh, weeks. No. I forget. I think it's me because I think I did episode one. Oh, I do have some housekeeping before we continue real quick. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I have gone, I arguably my entire Boy Meets World fan existence by thinking season four, episode two was called Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow. That is not the title of last week's episode. The title of last week's episode is Hair Today, Goon Tomorrow. And I did like a triple take when I was typing out the episode name because I always double check the episode name as I'm putting the episode into Anchor and preparing the uh, Mm -hmm. like paragraph and whatever. I did like a triple take and I was like, that's not the name of the episode. I double checked with uh, Wikipedia and one other site. And yeah, the episode name is Hair Today, Goon Tomorrow. It is not gone tomorrow. So that was our bad. I should have looked it up before I started. And so anyway, that's my housekeeping. Own your mistakes. It's okay. I know. Well, I, it seems just like a... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it seems I like such a silly name, ag- but I guess it makes sense in the context I agree with you that it is an erroneous double pun. Yeah. It, they but... didn't need both. They only needed one of those puns. I agree. But they, uh, they did it anyway. So here we are. Um, All right. Let's do a recap. recap. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm ready. Let me look at the time. I'm going to start at the 10 second mark. So that's in three, two, one. Alan is giving money to the kids for picture day. He realizes that he needs to ask his boss for a raise. He goes and asks the boss for the raise and actually ends up quitting because he hates that job in the first place. He makes that decision without Amy. So Amy's like, okay, I get one big decision for this family. Uh, Corey's freaking out about losing the house and being poor. So we asked John for tips on being poor. Meanwhile, Alex, or Alan and Eric go out to the woods to kind of refresh, renew their minds after going to a job fair and realizing that they don't really have anything that they're passionate about. Uh, and then they come back and Amy makes a decision to buy the store. I think I'm out. Time. Yeah, I did not get to the entire second half of the episode. You spent five seconds calling him Alex, so I that know. was part of it. <laughs> My brain, I tell you, it's been, it's been a time. It's okay. Anyway. It's a good one. It, it's it's all one plot. The B plot is directly related to the A plot. That's why Alan, Alan quits his job. Done. They buy the store. That's the plot. <laughs> I was going to say, I when I went downstairs to get my second cup of coffee, I told my mom, I was like, Alan just bought the wilderness store. And she was like, oh, Alan. Like, she knew exactly <laughs> what episode I was talking about. So I think that hopefully people will remember what happens in this episode. But lo and behold, they buy the... Uh, wilderness shop which is pretty cool mm-hmm. pretty exciting stuff i'm yeah. a big fan of this episode and yes. i think i What'd mentioned you this a few oh, oh well sorry oh, i was gonna say i yes, think i mentioned this a few weeks ago uh that i was like waiting for this episode to come because like i knew it was gonna hit me in a certain kind of way mm-hmm. uh <laughs> given yep. current circumstances <laughs> um and and it did i was right it did hit me in a certain kind of way so but we'll get to it um what did i learn let's yes. find out you know, there's. It's interesting because I I could glean a few things out of this episode, um, but I'm going to try and stick to what I feel is primary and strongest, and that is that while it is important to be mindful of responsibilities and care for your family, it is it is equally important that you are being mindful of care for yourself Mm -hmm. and that 
by sacrificing your own happiness to, in this instance, feed your family. But I mean, in the general sense, sacrificing your own happiness for the well-being of others will either lead to sheer existential dread or resentment. (laughs) Yeah. And that it is important that you uh, do not completely ignore your own care and happiness in the support of others. Because it's impossible to ignore that Alan, like, yes, he is he is responsible for the well-being of his children. Correct. <laughs> um, yes. And and therefore should be employed <laughs> uh, yeah, and, ha- yeah. have, uh-huh. and have an income. Like, all, all of that is true. But he cannot do it at his own unhappiness. Otherwise, he will just resent all of them as he grows older, as, as it seems like he's kind of doing. Like, what it was in... Um, it's not in this episode. It was a few episodes ago, right? Where he says, I blame you, the thing to Amy, right? It's <laughs> yeah. in the premiere. Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, that kind of bit. Your turn. What did you learn, Megan? Well, I, you, as you said, I feel like there are a couple different things that you can kind of take from this episode. The, the, not necessarily the biggest one, but one that really stuck out to me and one that I've been thinking about a lot recently with all, you know, doing the job hunt and whatnot is that you don't have to love your job every single day but you'll find more satisfaction if you value the work, which I think we've talked Mm. about a little bit on the show so far, but I was mostly in reflecting at the end of the episode, a moment that really stuck out to me was when Kimball said, well, some years are better than others, but if you're judging it by how satisfied I am every single day, then I'm doing great. Cause Mm -hmm. I think that's something, that's something that I've been thinking about as I apply for jobs I'm like okay am I going to just work this job because it's a paycheck because I need to be working right now and but I'm going to be miserable and whatever and like why Mm -hmm. am I applying for this company that I don't care about so it's like is that worth it to you to you know apply or take a position that you don't really care about and it's more important for me to be making a little less and be with a company that I respect and value and that I enjoy the work as opposed to the flip side mm-hmm. of that, making a bunch of money for a company that's doing terrible work and I don't share values and I hate my job. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. Trust me. I, that's... <laughs> I think we've all been Oof. there and probably maybe this year, exclusive, not even exclusively, but a lot of people this year, I think, maybe discovering that. I've been there so many times now, too, you know, because... I don't know, you know, I, I, I got a degree in theater. I want to work in theater. Theater's not going to pay all my bills at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at this moment, it will pay none of my bills. But uh, let's presume, take COVID off the table and, and examine yeah. the life before. You know, I was working in theaters and mm-hmm. working for companies around Chicago, living that nice one-time stipend life um you know finding finding a day job that allowed me to feel fulfilled and enjoying that took me Mm -hmm. three you know took me three years basically yeah and I found a lovely balance of two part-time jobs and I was loving not only like my day-to-day operation within those places, but also was loving the general companies themselves. Mm-hmm. And now one of them is bankrupt and yeah. the other one is closed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So 
you know that's that's the struggle i'm in right now is like well, what what yeah what the hell do i do yeah it's a big pain in the ass when yeah. i had really thoroughly locked it in after three years yeah. where it was like oh man I'm working for this awesome nonprofit that I love using a combination of like my organizational leadership skills and my like theater and educational skills, like all of it's blending perfectly. There was like no instance where I was upset to go to work. I was never like, fuck, I have to go to work. And that's a familiar feeling to me. Because as I think I've mentioned before, I spent six months as a sales assistant at a mortgage lending company Mm -hmm. and Every single morning, it was a tremendous sigh and fuck, I have to go to work. And that feeling blows. It's terrible. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think that's such a common thing over kind of specifically our generation because we aren't, there are so, I guess, few opportunities for us, especially in fields that we enjoy. And so it's so easy to like take just the first thing that comes along or the first opportunity that presents itself. And then, and now we have an entire like culture of like memes about like, Oh, when my coworker comes into work and then it's like, you're celebrating because you have one person there who hates it as much as you do. Or like, if my boss tells me I can leave early and it's like Forrest Gump running away, like it's, Mm -hmm. this is a common trend is like, people don't like their jobs. They're not satisfied with what they're doing. Just because I'm going to disagree with you. You think everyone's felt this way over the course of history? I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I I do think that this is a, a long, I think as long as capitalism has existed, <laughs> people have felt like this. That's fair. Um, That's fair. And I think that the it's so abundantly saturated in media now and that's yes. that's apparent i think that the discussion of that is is super apparent now but i mean you can trace it back to like death of a salesman you know that's entirely what it's about it's this man who had to get a job because he had two kids and a wife yeah. and had to take care of them and he fucking hated it and and then he dies you know <laughs> yeah you know the the arthur miller in addition to writing death of a salesman also wrote an essay called tragedy of the common man that is exceptionally about what it is to be like the adult American man and how tragic it is that because of the way our society is structured, you're basically Mm -hmm. ensuring that upon turning, I don't know, 30, maybe younger at that point, your life is no longer your own. It will be exclusively in service of your kids and or wife, which obviously this is in the 1950s, you know, it's different. And that, you're going to do that thing. And then one day you'll die. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and that'll be that. And like wh- when I was working at guaranteed rate, man, I would look around and be like, yeah, I understand why a bunch of you like do Coke or alcoholics. Yeah. I get yeah. it. I understand why you're there. And it's just, you probably incredibly- like, what else are you going to fucking do? <laughs> exactly. It's an incredibly vicious cycle of like these people get into positions that they don't like. And then you're doing things like drinking or you're doing drugs or you come home and take it out on your wife or your kids or, you know, whoever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's just like this, Mm -hmm. this vicious, horrid cycle of behavior that it's so hard to break out of just in general. So I appreciate that's definitely something that I appreciate from Alan is that he's been dealing so far with his dissatisfaction in a mature and evolved fashion where he doesn't really take it out on Amy or the kids and he you can tell Mm -hmm. he's struggling but he's not coming home and yelling at them he's not drinking he's not doing drugs or anything like that so this is that we see yeah that's true (laughs) 
That's true. He does <laughs> say that he drinks uh, from time. Well, but I think he had more of a drinking issue in the past, and that's why maybe he sure. doesn't drink now. So that could also aid in a little bit of depression. So it's nice to see him no, I can... feeling some uh, freedom getting this opportunity to be in a position that he really values. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree that there's a darker version of this story where yes. instead of Alan like self-reflecting on his own shortcomings and own unhappiness, he instead lashes out and blames it on his wife and kids. Yeah. Um, which he, he like makes that as a joke, a but like he very clearly is holding it. Exactly. It truly is. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. a much darker and and likely uh, more honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, story but i'm thankful that we don't have that uh <laughs> correct yeah um well, yeah no a it's a couple episodes uh with the girl who uh sean takes in yeah, 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 yeah. Her. so i think with that's the Jurassic alcohol Park abuse, girl. So. all right that was gonna be my uh, trivia so how dare you first of all <laughs> <laughs> uh well i'm sorry i'm sorry cut it out we don't have to you know you can bleep it out and save it <laughs> the beep girl yeah, well, and then that's gonna better. that sends a totally different message. <laughs> ah. Kicking off from the beginning of this episode, when Alan is obviously like, oh, I need to ask for a raise, blah blah blah. He comes home and he quits. I feel like Amy reacts very level-headed. In reality, I feel like she should have been way more furious at him. Yeah, she reacts with a a really incredible sense of calm. Um, yes. That's what I remember, Sarah and I were watching this episode and she was just like, man, she's such a good partner and yes. a good wife and a good mom. And I'm like, yeah, man, this episode shows it off. Like Amy messes up sometimes in some other episodes, but this episode she is, she is like calm, listening, patient, smart. Like she, she's doing everything yeah. right in well, this episode. Especially because I don't think that Alan should have, brought this up in front of the kids. I appreciate the fact that they're having this discussion and this argument in front of the kids to kind of show them like, okay, in this situation, this is how you handle this. Or like, if you get in a disagreement while you're married, like this is how we deal with these things. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. this is so serious and could have gone so many ways. And I feel like Alan kind of manipulated Amy into not reacting as strongly because they were in front of their children, you know? Mm -hmm. It just kind of feels like a, it, it feels a little trickier. Like he was sitting there, he's sitting outside. He came inside. He could have said, Amy, can I, can I speak to you in the living room real quick? Or like, can we go up to our room? But instead mm-hmm. he just like blurts it out in front of all of the kids. And I feel like then she's stuck in this position where she's like, okay, I could really fly off the handle and we could get into a screaming match in front of our children. Or I could be a little more calm and relaxed about this because I don't want the kids to see us, you know, scream our heads off at each other. Yeah, I no, I I I think I I agree with you in that it likely would have been better if they had stepped away for it. In that it puts her in in a position where she has to choose how she responds Mm -hmm. because of her kids being present. Uh, But I do think too that Alan, at least the way he's playing in that is like lightly in shock at himself. Yeah. You know, everything he says comes out. So like, uh, it's all, it's like, all, it's all a surprise to him too. And that like, he's unsure. So 
while I do think that there is an ad tad manipulation to the situation, I think that he is equally mm-hmm. unsure of how to process it besides just like saying these words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love that they paint it in such a way though, where he comes in and presents this information and Corey is the one being super dramatic and whatever. He's mm-hmm. like, ah. but I love the fact that he's the only one being super dramatic and Amy doesn't like break down in tears and just like, how are we going to afford the house and the car? And like, it feels mm-hmm. this tracks in like a very realistic sense, as opposed to if this were any other show that were a little more dramatic, there would be a bigger, like Amy and Alan might've separated for a little while. And Amy would have been like really furious and would have dragged on for, you know, maybe a couple more episodes and, it would have just been a bigger deal. But I, I think this makes it, this feels very real to me. Like this entire situation feels, obviously them just up and buying a random wilderness store, that's very, that you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit for that. But at least the beginning of this episode tracks with me as far as like, it feels very realistic. I, I agree. I think it's handled pretty well. I, I do love Corey's entire bit through <laughs> like it's it's he gets again he gets to play his strengths he gets to just do comedy he doesn't have to yes. do any drama in this episode yeah and it's and it's so funny just him and sean like at the your eaters your eaters <laughs> yes i was gonna say so I, funny Corey is funny in this episode but sean shines i love yeah they both get to sean just gets to shine comedically yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so so fun when they get to take the back seat and be mm-hmm. be the comedy, just and be the yes. nonsense. <laughs> they get to really just be ridiculous. It's great. It's yeah. a great time. Uh, I love that Eric is the more present kid in this episode because obviously all three Matthews kids are present at the moment, and Corey has its own mm-hmm. his own like funny bits about being poor and whatever. But I love the fact that Eric is also involved in this because. I feel like Eric is going through something a little different because he hasn't even started his career path yet, but still the same. Like, it's kind of like Eric yeah. and, and Alan are going through this together. And I think that that's really mm-hmm. important for both of their characters. But I just love that they, that it, it also wasn't just Alan going through this. It's like, oh, well, he's going to take Eric with him. And like, Eric's going to, he's going to say like, oh, well, I'm going to work for you. Like that, it, I love that that's kind of, they're tied in together because it's important for both of their character mm-hmm. development, um, I would say equally. Yeah, well, and I think it's, you know, that brings up the good point that this, ep- this episode is is well written and like really well balanced in that Eric's, kind of eric in a way has his own b plot you know where he's running between two with this like setting up a tutoring schedule thing with feeny that one because and that's it's only it's two scenes too right like it's they drop it in where he shows up at the school and they taught and they like drop the the seeds that he was going to do some tutoring with feeny so that he can reapply for college and then he bails on it and then at the very end he's like no no no, i need to do shit and help me <laughs> that sort of growth in there is really lovely and and well placed to to give eric like you were saying like his piece of this development in that him and alan are, are both equally rediscovering um yeah, yeah. this episode is well balanced they, they squeeze a lot into these 20 minutes even yeah. with like the superfluous hair testing scene, they still managed to squeeze all of this in, which it's fun. It's funny. I don't think it like it's a good time. It's a, it is a good time for sure. And I, it impresses me even more that they were able to waste 
two minutes or on that scene uh, and still fit as much into this episode as they do. And these are honestly, and I think I've said this before, and I think I said it when we were on Broad Meets World, these are my favorite episodes where we get to focus on kind of the the outlying characters, Eric, Alan, Amy, Feeney, anyone other than the three, Corey, Topanga, Sean. I like these episodes the most, I think, just because, again, the show is just so good at creating depth in characters that aren't the central three. The central three Mm -hmm. have some good depth, but then it just fleshes out to the entire cast. It makes it feel more like a bigger ensemble cast than it actually is. And I just love those episodes because I love seeing the development of some of these outlying characters, specifically Eric, but like this one also, of course, Alan and Amy a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. There's so many things about this episode I just really enjoy, like the the local business vibe. I love just like how how casual and conversational. What's his name? The shop owner to to Kimball. the tea. Kim, fuck. <laughs> Starts with a uh, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It does not. And does uh. not at all. Mr. Kimball and like he's so just kind and conversational and yeah. and and like the way Feeney plants his little seed in there with and, his little sexual and, innuendo. <laughs> Which also is kind of bullshit because later he moves to Jackson Hole to fish, but then he gets tired of it. So I guess he he's true to word in that like he doesn't really like fishing. But I anyway, like, I do uh, fish, but I still go up to the mountains. I'm like, teeny. You do the math. <laughs> in front of Eric, no less. Jeez. Oh, it's like in the and then there was Sean episode when Feeny dies, and they're like, okay, virgins, virgins are always safe, and they're like, Feeny's dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just love, I love the fact that Feeny has a sex life. It just, it, we, it makes we, my we heart know that Feeny fucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, good for he's him. He's such a good character. He deserves it. We know he's still <laughs> out there getting getting with it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. There was a, one part where I was a little frustrated with Alan. Because I really, because we have the entire series to put into context, I don't get frustrated with Alan when he quits his job and that kind of thing. Because I'm like, oh, well, don't worry. It's going to resolve itself at the end of the episode. But... The part that frustrated me was when he comes back and he is like, oh, I'm going to do this idea, this like quick mart or whatever. And Amy's like, no, you're not. And he's like, I can't win with you. I can't. I'm trying and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you really? You're not. You went to one fair one time and you're like, I'm mm-hmm. trying so hard. I was like, no, <laughs> you are being kind of a whiner baby about this. So maybe, I don't know, try to branch out a little bit like at least eric is like strudel like he's you know branching out or trying to (laughs) of course she's not going to be okay with the rapid mart like that's it's exactly what you were just doing it sounds worse than what he was doing in my opinion yes and so he's he's stepping down from grocery store to convenience store and not that like i'm not job shaving i'm not shitting on it but if we're talking about like progressive moves it feels like the the linear progression would be convenience store then grocery store the other way again it would be so much different if he valued his work then we wouldn't be like yeah this is a horrible decision it's a horrible decision because he doesn't value this work and he doesn't love it which is exactly what amy points Mm -hmm. out so uh, yeah Mm -hmm. that was the only moment where i was like alan seriously quit it like knock it off that was the only moment where i was like frustrated with alan because it just i can't believe that he said that i was like you're not but 
but yeah. yeah, I think about my own dad a lot when it comes to this episode because historically my dad has had many positions, many jobs in many mm-hmm. industries. You know, like what I what I know to be true is that when he was young, he worked in a bakery and then he worked in a travel agency. Then he owned and operated his own travel agency. Mm. Then he owned and operated a candle store, owned and mm. operated a, uh, a Quiznos franchise. Oh my goodness. And, <laughs> and then after Quiznos was when he took a job um, as like a, a project manager for like a sign company. And that's kind of the thing he's been doing since basically up until that point, he had done so many, like he had been a, a business owner for so many different industries and I, no one in my family listens to this podcast, so it's fine. Uh, it makes me sad <laughs> Absolutely. To, think, to think about because my dad, when I think about those things that he owned and operated prior to what he is currently doing now, he's, I mean, he's not a business owner in any way right now, you know, he in a bakery loves, loves baking, loves cooking travel agency. He loves to travel. And so like all of these things that were like passionate to him and he was owning and operating businesses in these capacities. And I think about those things and then I think about what he's doing now and I know he doesn't like it really. Um, mm-hmm. I know he doesn't really like the company, but he had four kids, uh, yep. three of them went, went to college and you know they have outrageous amounts of debt and shit. And I think about all this and I'm like, yeah, I get, yep. I get why he's doing this now. And I hate that he's doing it because mm-hmm. I know he doesn't like it, but in a positive swing of things, he and I actually are talking, he and my mom and I are all talking right now about them opening their own online business, mm. um, selling beef jerky and baked <gasps> goods. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that that's so the next fun. move. I, I hope and pray that, you know, my dad can actually retire from a job he doesn't enjoy and be retired and sell beef jerky and (laughs) (laughs) well you know know. what you could do to support yourself through this troubling time is sell poopery (laughs) (laughs) yeah who wouldn't want to buy poopery but not Mm -hmm. like for your toilet something you spray on your lawn i guess i'm not totally sure how the product works i don't really know either i don't understand but it gave me a chuckle just because now there is an actual thing called poopery but not for animals <laughs> i mean i'm fairly sure poopery existed before this uh before you think all the way back into the 90s oh yeah i'm gonna okay we're gonna do a quick bit of research not at a it was not popular in america but like that was a let's let's see i don't know how you, poopery <laughs> The company called Poopery was founded in 2007. Uh, oh. But I feel like like toilet air freshener sprays. I'm sure they were titled that for a while. It's always been around. Like a large, it's like a European thing that's been around for a I while. Poopery uh, has been for, you know, ever. Hmm. I don't know. What if I start history of toilet spray? Oh no, that's like a rabbit <laughs> hole. That oh, uh, I get a lot of stuff about the days. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Last final quick notes before we do MVPs. <laughs> but my last two notes are: I can't believe that Corey says that he wants to be an accountant or that he's planning on being an accountant. That 
that is also just completely ludicrous to me. I'm yeah, like, it's not. You never planned on being an accountant. If anything, just say, well, I plan on going into film. I don't know. Like, do you can say anything else. Why an accountant? I don't know. I you know, when you're, when you're 15, you think of all kinds of different jobs you might be. I very often was saying that I would like to be a lawyer. <gasps> oh, <laughs> my last point is, and I just had this realization this go around. So I don't know if you already know this, but the set that they use for the store is the ski lodge set. Or I should say they use the store for the ski lodge. And I just had this realization. What? Yep. Go back and watch it again. Because I tell you, I looked at that fireplace over there and I was like, that fireplace looks familiar. And then I was like, and the stairs coming down. No. And so I looked up a picture of the set from Heartbreak Corey, and I swear it's the same set, just decorated differently. I'm going to look at pictures of them right now. Yeah, you absolutely should. Uh, they, it looks like they replaced, there's like some cutouts in the back of the store where it looks like they, that's where they put their windows for that bay window area uh, when he's talking to Lauren. And then they took out like the rock wall side and put in an additional door. But even that door, the front door for this set is in the same position and then they have the fireplace they have the desk they have the stairs coming down and it's the same it's the same it's the same set just decorated differently to be a to be a wilderness lodge you're saying this and like mentally i can kind of picture it and i'm like oh you might be right yep i i went through this whole process this morning where i was like what 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 i never realized it until today I don't know if someone else had. If you had, good for you, because I did not see it. If I'm wrong, someone let me know. But I am, I am arguably 99% certain that it is the same set. All right. I pulled up, I, I pulled up the store here now. It does look pretty similar with that staircase. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does look like the same-ass stone fireplace. Yep. That much does appear to be true. And the stairs behind it. Uh-huh. Wooden stairs or wooden railing. I think you may be right. There you go. It really could be. They just change Insert out the furniture. Mind blow emoji. Nice. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Good hit. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you. Yeah, I think I think it's the same set. Why I mean, why wouldn't it be? At this point, they already have like a wildernessy kind of vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, there's there, there's so no reason like, for them not to just change the furniture and yep. Change the furniture, yeah. fly in some windows, and then you're good to go. Nice. All right, who's your MVP? MVP? Okay. No, you uh, tell me. Jinx. You go first. <laughs> My MVP is Amy, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's just such a good partner in this episode. She reacts in a very reasonable mm -hmm. way. Everything is very level-headed of her, where she could have flown off the handle and gotten super upset. It just... And she is looking out for Alan's best interests uh, towards the end, especially when he's like very excited about like, oh, the wilderness and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, all right, this is going to be my my big decision. And it's not something selfish for her or even selfish for the family. It's almost selfish for Alan, like she or selfless, I should say, for Alan. This is specifically for Alan because they don't know if they're, this is going to be profitable for them. They don't know what the startup cost is going to be. Like it's going to be a rough go, but she is willing to go through that with him. And she's just such a good partner to him in this episode. So, yeah, I completely agree. I, I she's, she is the MVP for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I thought you might say Feeney because there's a there's a, there's a definitely an argument for Feeney in there somewhere, but 
Amy's just such a good partner in really this entire series, but specifically this season as Alan's going through all of his hard, yeah. you know, life decisions. So I a little bit of a midlife Feeney, crisis. I considered Feeney, but in order for me to pick Feeney, I needed to con- like that. What I was considering was like the whole arc mm-hmm. in that I was also thinking about the season premiere mm-hmm. of this season and how sure. that related to this episode. Sure. And like in the entirety of like that, but for this episode alone, Amy is the MVP and the entirety of it. It's still probably Amy, but Feeney gets mm-hmm. a stronger case. If you combine this arc with the season premiere. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. Well, that's that then. That, that is that on that. <laughs> As they say. As the cool kids are saying. Cool kids are saying. Uh huh. All right. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Check us out on social media. Um, and in you know, in an exciting bit of news, you've heard her name on here a bunch of times. Her name is Sarah. She's my fiance. She started her own new small business selling jewelry and embroidery commissions on Etsy. So you can check that out. It's called Hoopla by Sarah. No H on Hoopla. So H O O P L A B Y S A R A H. Yep. Instagram and Etsy. She's got some really lovely stuff in there and I love her. So I'm going to plug the thing and <laughs> you know, stop me. go right on ahead. <laughs> Especially since Sarah will hopefully be uh, coming out with some merch for us. Yeah. I, think I mean, she made our logo. She might be making merch. We got to plug her stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, uh, I will share this week on our social media, the picture of Skylar drinking the first ever piece of Feeny Call merch. It's a mug drinking um, the merch drinking the merch <laughs> we have our first ever piece of Feeny Call merch and it starts with a mug and then we're gonna continue as season four grows so will our merch line we'll get there oh so, yeah prepare yourselves all right well thanks for listening y'all check out us on social media and check out Sarah with Hoopla by Sarah and and support her and her work there Indeed. as she's been kind and supporting us in the meantime as always Class dismissed.